This is Kate. And I'm Natalia. And we are here to tell you all your entertainment, movie, TV, and music news. Um, welcome to today's episode. Yeah, how are you, Natalia? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I am here in Los Angeles this week uh, visiting visiting Alex um, and also doing some, yeah, not doing some girlfriend activities, doing some like hot girl end of summer in LA activities, and then partly, um, partly here, honestly, for some music stuff, I saw Remy Wolf in concert on this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And then this upcoming weekend, I'm seeing another band called the Avalanches. So I get a music packed weekend. Wow. What are you up, what are you up to? Well, nothing nearly as exciting or glamorous. <laughs> I, I've just been spending most of my days working at Starbucks. Hey, the <laughs> but, world needs coffee. <laughs> honestly, they do, especially now in pumpkin spice season. Oh, Yes. In full swing, you know, I've got my hands full with that pumpkin spice. <laughs> you have one pumpkin in one hand and coffee in the other. Yeah. How many pumpkin spice lattes a day do you think you make? Well, okay. To be fair, right now, it's still a little warm out. So I have to say the best seller right now is the pumpkin cream cold brew. Ooh. I think I spend most of my day making the pumpkin cream cold foam like i just like <laughs> making foam all i'm day. just making the foam and then i rinse the blender and then i do it again it's oh my just god like Dang. i need to try that drink honestly i think you should try it it can I be good can. but like don't get it every day or else you're gonna get sick of pumpkin i don't well, know how some people like do it every day i yeah i don't know either it's actually funny that you say that um a friend of mine recently told me that their boss told them that they spend about $160 a month on coffee because they get it from Starbucks, but they get it delivered through Postmates. Oh and they're the, and this person apparently orders like venti double shot, extra oh, vanilla wow. caramel, like people like a drink like that, that's already going to be like $8. But then on top of that, getting it delivered, plus tax and tip for the driver and everything. Wow. And I know that's crazy. But it's I don't know, people will pay big money to get their drink. Yeah, um, that's crazy. Yeah, could never pay. be me. No, never me. We're going to make a lot more podcast episodes before we can afford that. <laughs> yeah. I think we can make a hundred. If we make, here's the math, a hundred podcast episodes subtracted by 400 pumpkin spice cold brews <laughs> equals Natalia and I making $10 each to buy a latte. Yep. That's, that sounds that's accurate. Right. Speaking of math and getting things right and wrong, oh my God. Natalia and yeah. I have a little story to um, present before we d- we uh, discuss what our topic is. It leads into our topic. Natalia, do you want to explain what we got very yeah. wrong? Well, I don't know if we can't read or if we don't know how calendars work. I don't know what went wrong. Or maybe we just have I don't know. This is a real Mandela effect, honestly. Or glitch in the system. We totally 
we're planning this episode to commemorate a release date of a certain something that we're going to talk about today. And we totally thought that you were going to be hearing this episode on the anniversary. But then we just looked it up and the anniversary has changed four days off. Mm. So um, Kate tells me this and I'm like, no, that can't be right. So then I Google it and then I get a totally separate third date. Mm -hmm. And so we honestly have no idea when the actual anniversary is, but you're going to hear the episode today. And you're, you're going to realize that it doesn't really matter what day it came out. And you honestly, we may never know until the band says the word, but <laughs> we've Googled it many times now. And it does seem like the album has two release dates based on what the internet is telling us. The only weird one is that the third date that we came up with was the one that we were so certain we had seen a couple of weeks ago. And now it seems as if it's been erased from the internet and... We're just going down a cons- uh, conspiracy theory rabbit hole right now. Yeah. So it's probably the good time to to transition to what this up to what what album is this, Natalia? So today we are talking about an album that recently I have been so obsessed with. This is Haim's debut album, Days Are Gone. Ooh. And this came out in 2013 we thought it came out today on the 23rd but apparently it came out either on the 27th or the 30th in 2013 Mm -hmm. yes no this album so this would be its ninth anniversary ninth year yeah i mean honestly probably next year on the 10 year i'm sure the band will clear it up which is the right date um (laughs) But yeah, Natalia and I wanted to do an episode about this because we both are pretty big fans of the band. And um, for the the fans who are maybe new, Natalia and I are cousins, and we have an eight-year age gap between us. Um, but it's been interesting because she and I both have such broad music taste that spans decades before we were even born. Um, but this is an interesting one because... This album came out in 2013 when I was 18. I was 17. Um, and now Natalia is 19 going on 20. And the time has stayed relevant. And this album is still amazing. So yeah. any, any thoughts on that, Natalia? I think that's just, first of all, a cool little cousin connection that we have because like I remember texting you when I had discovered this album and like asking you if you heard it and you were like yeah like I was obsessed with this album my freshman year of college and Mm -hmm. at the time I had texted you I just finished my freshman year of college so it was like Mm -hmm. that was really cute of us I have to say yeah no it was it was I Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that you had just finished college. No, I remember being a freshman in my dorm and listening to this album and just thinking it was amazing and honestly really inspiring to have an all-female rock band, um, pop rock indie alternative, I'd say. Um, And I mean, so many of their songs are just 
unbelievably catchy. Um, and so just to dive in a little bit more on some background stuff, we have the, the main members of the band are three sisters, Esty, Danielle, and Alana. And they were all born and raised and grew up in the LA area. And they come from a Jewish family, Jewish background. And the name of the band, Haim, means life in Hebrew. It's their and, last name also. And <laughs> Talia bringing in a factoid I didn't know. <laughs> and it's their last name. You know what? That makes so much more sense now. You didn't know that? I did not know that. Wait, I just thought I that thought was their... joking. I literally thought you were joking. No, I thought that that was just like a really cool word. They're Jewish. <laughs> I... I well it makes sense now because when you read the Wikipedia page it reads as if it's somebody's last name but I was like oh they're a band so it just they're just that's just the name so I'm just, sorry to put you on blast but that was really funny oh I'm I'm like oh, okay I'm I get it now I'm shocked that you didn't know that but it's okay okay well, did you know that in the band The Smiths, not a single one of them has the last name of Smith? Okay. That it's is not a always, surprising fact, too. It's not always as intuitive as you'd think it would be. Um, All right, I'll give you that. But now I know that if I ever run into one of them, I know what their last name is and I won't be embarrassed. <laughs> so, Right. <sighs> yes. So as uh, Natalia let us know, uh, the band is named after their own last name. <laughs> um, that's pretty easy. They didn't have to think too hard about what to call themselves. Nope. Uh, but they have been a musical family uh, with their dad being a drummer in his youth. And then their family having their own little um, family band for a while where they would do like tribute shows in their in the area for fun. Yeah, and weddings and stuff. Weddings, events, community stuff. Um, but then it was around the early 2010s that all the sisters kind of started more aggressively pursuing their music career, which brings us to around 2012 when they had their first EP. Yep. Yeah. So they, it sounds like they were for the most part, like mostly playing live shows for a while. Cause they like really like officially formed the band in, 2007 actually but for a while they were just touring doing live shows and then um it sounds like they made their ep and they literally put it on their website and people could download it for free and it was mm -hmm. only three songs and they were really surprised that it actually got a lot of attention from the music industry and the general public and this ep had three songs on it um forever which was the name of the ep and then mm -hmm. better off and go slow and because this ep was so successful it led to them getting signed to their label polydor records which they're still signed to to this day but mm. they were signed in June 2012. So let me do the math. <laughs> this was 
only four months after their EP came out and they got signed. So wow. that's amazing. I think that back then in the early 2010s, it was so huge to put your music online. And I mean, it still is to this day important to have your music be online. But that seemed to be like the, the time where bands were putting stuff up for free on sites that weren't always like Spotify like yeah. actual just like a website or like band camp or something yeah, well, music um, streaming back then was not what it is today yeah there wasn't as much of a way to boost yourself you it was I felt like it was very much chance and lottery style of like you know if the right people find your stuff and then share it with their friends that's what makes it blow up yeah um, people are not sure at first that like online music was gonna be a thing that was like sustainable Mm -hmm. like for all they knew it could have just been like a fad Mm -hmm. we know that it was no there to stay oh my gosh it's almost I feel bad for all my cds and vinyls that I oh my god so badly don't listen to as much anymore just because it's so nice at your fingertips to just have apple music or spotify or anything else like that to have virtually all music in the world at your fingertips Mm -hmm. but then on the other hand it like doesn't sound as good and stuff that is true yeah i don't know though i think i'm a peasant so it sounds great to me (laughs) no honestly yeah i don't notice the difference until i like go to something good and then come back exactly exactly but if i'm like on the day-to-day like poor person listening quality on spotify I wouldn't even know the difference. Yeah. My AirPods do the trick just fine. Yes, they do. I think they have some kind of built-in, we make this sound better than it actually is feature. Um, but, okay, but this album, though, so let's talk about Days Are Gone. So, so then the album finally comes out, Days Are Gone. I still can see, I mean, obviously I can still see it. I can Google it anytime I want, but I just have this memory of it being like 2013 2014 and thinking that album looked so cool and you would go on their spotify and that was it that there's no like oh look at their discography see their different albums it was like that was the one that was it there was days are gone you know you go to their top 10 on spotify and it was like only those songs from that album and it's the three sisters sitting on like a park bench um with a green grass lawn behind them and they all have sunglasses on and I don't know how you feel about that album cover, but when I was like 18, I thought they to looked me, so I cool. Have to pause. To me, the cover looks like three folding chairs. Like Oh, chairs. you know what? I think you're right. I just had to say that because I, I agree. I think the cover does look super cool. I love the cover because I think it really encapsulates their vibe perfectly. I think that like, um it just looks so like cool and indie and like that's so high um I think yeah no they that's the thing like indie I think was like just so it was like to me indie was at its peak in like the 2013-2012 like they it's funny because like all the clothing that they're wearing in that cover art right now I don't think would be like oh my god it's so 2013 it's so 2013 it, yeah, but like they at the time looked amazing. Now I'm like, okay, that that look is very like out. But I feel like yeah, they were like height of indie 
and just seeing like three cool ladies like with this like kind of badass like like look on their face. I know my I was young at the time. I was like how old was I? Like eight or Yeah, you were young. No, ten. I can't do the math, but I was like in elementary school when this album came out and I didn't know I wasn't aware of this album at the time. Like I mentioned, I only found it recently, but I know that like, had I seen this album cover, mm-hmm. I would have been like, oh my God, those girls look so cool. And I would have like, wanted to like dress like them. Cause I remember in 2014, I had a denim vest and on the oh. cover, Danielle is wearing a denim vest. And so I just, yeah. you know, like I would have been so inspired by that. I think that it's also kind of funny too because you're such a Taylor Swift fan and I don't think at the time they were friends with her yet but now the all three sisters are really good friends with Taylor Swift and you were a Taylor Swift fan so I feel like it almost makes sense too that you ended up finding this band eventually and getting into them yeah. um, and I that's the other crazy agree. thing it's been nine years since this album came out and yet almost like every song still hits so good oh my god it does so again just we know we made it confusing but let's make it again this was released either september 27th or 30th in 2013 and the singles were the songs forever don't save me falling the wire if i could change your mind and my song five um which is funny because almost every single one of those to me are like the best songs um and then this album ended up doing really well so many of those songs charted well and they ended up being nominated for a grammy they didn't win but they got nominated for best new artist and pitchfork said in 2014 that they think it is in the one of the 100 best albums of the decade so far and I, I would totally agree with that. I think so. I think so. It's so hard to say of the decade. Like, I mean, we're the decade's over, right? 2010 to 2020. Like, yeah, well, maybe that, that would be my top 100. It would have been 2010 to 2019. So I okay. think, like, definitely. Because definitely out of all of their albums, like, I would say, like, that one is their strongest contender, I think, mm-hmm. for, like, in terms oh, of yeah. like, critical appreciation, like and also like consistency. I think yeah. every song is so different, but yet has the same heart and feeling. And yeah, when the you album listen to the cohesive, which it's arranged so it's cohesive. I feel like it's arranged well because it's like you just go when you listen to the song in the correct listing it just flows from song to song to song. And yeah. it's like, it's a, it's an album you could put on, you're getting ready to go out, you're cleaning the house, you're driving in the car. It doesn't matter because there is like that cohesiveness, that consistency. Yes. And it's I just like- I listen to it doing all of those things. <laughs> same. I was gonna say Natalia recently visited me in New York City and we were getting ready to go out one day, not even like nightclubbing, but just like out for the day. And it was such a great getting ready album. I almost didn't want to go out because I just wanted to oh stay God, home and like, yes, like have a jam karaoke sesh of just dancing around and singing their songs. Cause so the lead singer is the sister Danielle and she just has this powerhouse voice. Um, 
And you want to you want to sing like her when you're listening to these songs. I know. I love her. I just yeah. I love like just kind of like her the little quirks in her voice too. Mm. Like like I love the way that she will sometimes put certain like um, enunciations on like a different mm-hmm. part of the word than we're used to hearing or like just the so one thing I think that's important to know about the band that mm-hmm. like once you listen to their music you'll totally notice it they all of the girls learned to play drums first for mm-hmm. all of them that was the instrument they learned first and then their dad would like kind of teach them other instruments that he thought would suit them best mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't know that you can really tell when you listen to their music that they just have rhythm just like running through them naturally because mm-hmm. they just know how to like make a great beat and it's just they they do really interesting drum patterns and also the oldest sister Esty she has a degree in don't want to mess it up I think ethnomusicology yeah and so I think she specialized in Brazilian music Mm -hmm. and Bulgarian music because I think like somewhere distant in their family they have Bulgarian family but you can Mm -hmm. really hear like the sort of like global sound I think like I don't know if I'm yeah that makes sense like I can hear like a lot of inf- different influences in their music. Mm-hmm. No, I think so too. They use instruments. I think there's a lot of different like percussion elements um, rather than maybe just a traditional drum kit. I feel like they add in some other sounds. Yeah, and I I just love that. Like they really, you can tell that they know a lot about music, and they mm-hmm. really put their knowledge to the test and it is on full display and mm-hmm. like you can really see how talented they are mm-hmm. and I I think that so they end up having two other albums and they're still an active band now um, but like Natalia said when we were talking about the you know best albums of the decade and all of that it's just there's something about this album in particular and I don't know if it's because when you have your first album, you're a little more daring or you're not jaded by the music industry. You don't have too many voices maybe influencing you because you're still kind of fresh and new. I'm not sure exactly what it is, what the science is. Cause I have felt like a lot of my favorite bands, it's usually one of their first or second first albums that to me is just like amazing. So perfect. It's like yeah. their sound, their just sound hasn't been influenced yet by, yeah. by I being mean, around. It's like, pretty hard for them to recreate that most of the time mm-hmm. and i think that, that someone like their success will just like continue or like their next album will be better than the last mm-hmm. i think yeah Thank this you. is like a this was a breakout album but because of it i mean they have had some really great so- follow-up songs i would say and then actually danielle we were talking about her voice she has worked a lot with the band Vampire Weekend. Um, and Vampire Weekend has an album called Father of the Bride, which also is an amazing album. And I think that's partly because Danielle is heavily on that. 
Um, yeah, I think she makes that album, if I'm going to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. the songs that she's featured on are definitely the standouts. Mm-hmm. I think it's just she has such a unique voice. And like you said, too, it's like because of Essie's, you know, degree in ethnomusicology, they, they make that unique sound. Um, and honestly, just their energy, I think being sisters and having kind of like that level of communication and also like, I don't know what the word is. I don't want to say vibe. That feels a little too new agey. It's like, I mean, they definitely probably understand each other better, like not mm-hmm. as people, but as musicians, like mm-hmm. that is important to like, because you can't make good music with somebody that you don't vibe with and like mm-hmm. connect well with and feel comfortable with and understand them. Mm-hmm. It's the chemistry. I think they have the chemistry of not just being sisters, but also like friends with each other and like being yeah. each other's friend. And and I could imagine them just recording and encouraging each other and like celebrating after finishing a recording and being like, that was amazing. And like, I don't know, you just feel good listening to this album. Um and then Natalia and I actually, we wrote out what our favorite songs were, which were, I think, almost the exact same ones. Um, I don't know. What, what are your top three? It's so hard. So we definitely both have the same top five. Um, it's tricky because I'll listen to one and be like, oh, this is amazing. But then I'll switch to like the next one and be like, wait, this one is like amazing. And then I'll play the next one and it's just, it's over um, I think that lately, since I've in the last month or two been listening to them a, a lot again, I'm surprised at that the song "If I Could Change Your Mind" that's the fourth on the album. That one I'd put in my top three. I feel like I'm listening to it again with like new ears because I'm I'm nine years older now from when I first heard this album, um, and it's not an album that I've. You know, I don't think I've been like hardcore listening to this album often for the last nine years, but I listened to Heim here and there over the last nine years. But in preparation for this episode, I feel like I really started listening again. And it was like, yeah, the song, If I Could Change Your Mind, really came back to me. Um, and then, oh my gosh, it's just so hard to decide because I feel like I almost need to like hear them again to be like, oh, this one or that one. But Maybe it like depends don't. on the mood for sure. Like, yeah, with how how much the song will like hit, you know. Hmm. I, I would totally say agree. I love if I could change your mind. It like makes me want to dance. It's so catchy so and like it's like a perfect pop song in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And it is like a crime to me that this wasn't playing on radio stations everywhere in 2020. I know. They're, more of their music really should have been on radio, but I think at the time they were considered more indie, not yeah. pop enough to be on a main radio. Yeah. And I think they did – I think they were a little bit more famous in the UK than they were in America. So like, oh, yeah. Natalia, what, what was that factoid you found? Oh, yeah. Well, Sometimes I go on Spotify and I will find Haim in these like Spotify generated playlists that are like, like UK indie music or stuff like that. And it's like, mm-hmm. Haim is not British. They're from LA and they're very proud of it. But their label Polydor 
is a British label, and I think that might be why it happens. Hmm. But if we have any British listeners, <laughs> let us know. Did you hear High on the Lot on the radio in 2013, 2014? I really want to know. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say, if that's the case, then Natalia and I should be in England right now because I want to, if they were playing Heim on the radios in 2013, I want to know what they're playing on the radios now yeah. because I feel like sometimes a lot of the stuff in America is just your generic pop crap. That's, I would say one in every 20 songs is like actually amazing um, or really, really deserves to be there. But well, you know what? We're not radio hosts. We can't control it. Um, Natalia, what are your top three songs? Okay. Mine are, so my number one favorite is actually the song where the album gets its name from, Days Are Gone. And this mm. song, even though the album was named after it, it doesn't have that many like listens. It was never released as a single or anything. But I really like it. Um, it's different than your typical Haim song because mm-hmm. for the most part, Danielle sings lead vocals. And I would say like 90% of Haim songs, but this Mm -hmm. one, Esty is actually singing lead vocals, which I think is just a cool change of pace. Um, And she just, she, she sounds more like Danielle than their other sister Alana does, but Mm -hmm. Esty still does have a pretty unique voice and I like her voice. And Mm -hmm. I just like the lyrics of the song too. They really resonate with me. But my next mm-hmm. song is If I Could Change Your Mind. I love that song. I could so rave good. about it forever. And I just remembered another factoid about it. Um, apparently in 2014, it was like the most Shazammed like, oh, really? rock song of that year. That's crazy. I mean, I could, I, uh, we understand why. <laughs> Shazam <laughs> doesn't need to convince us on that. We, we understand I can just hear that, like, as we're having this conversation, in the back of my mind, I can just hear Danielle singing the, if I could change your mind. Okay, that's, sorry, listeners. <laughs> it's just so good. Okay. And then what's your last one? Um, My last one is another single, Don't Save Me. That's I on my top three as well. Too. Yeah. It's yeah, that so one's good. so good. Okay. So as it's pretty obvious to our listeners but we might as well ask Natalia would okay would you recommend this album to other people and then second question what are your thoughts on following Haim into the future okay I totally think that people should listen to this album And then I also have to say, if you don't like this album, I think that you should still not give up on Haim because I think their other, their subsequent albums, I think were, there's a lot that stayed the same, but there was a significant enough change that like, it is a different sound, I would say. Like Mm -hmm. their third album is like really like, California, like Cheryl Crow vibes to me. Mm. I think more like, experimental too. They do a lot of different sounds. Yeah, it's a different vibe than Days Are Gone. And so I think if Days Are Gone doesn't do it for you, which that will amaze me and I will <laughs> put something wrong with you. But if that doesn't <laughs> float your boat, 
I think try their other albums. And even if I think you don't like Haim, if it's not for you, like, I think you'll still be able to appreciate them and their talent. Mm-hmm. And I personally am really excited. I don't know. They haven't said anything about releasing another album, but I am like waiting for the second they announce their fourth album. I really want to hear new music from them. I can't wait. I I think it's going to happen. I feel like how could it not happen? They're still really young. Their last album was in 2022 or 2020. It's now 2022. I I just, I can feel it. It's yeah, something I is think, coming. I feel like it could be because, so they're wrapping up their tour for like their most recent album, Women in Music Part 3. And like, they're on their tour right now. And I think they're about to finish the North America leg and they're going to Australia. And then I'm sure when they finish this tour, like I'm sure they've been writing songs and I'm sure mm-hmm. they're going to announce something like, Probably, definitely, like, early 2023, I'm betting we're going to hear a new album announcement from Haim. Mm-hmm. Well, we will be looking forward to it. All of your recommendations and review, I agree 100%. I think that this is an amazing album. Definitely worth checking out if you haven't heard it. Um, and again, if... If you don't like this one, there's a good chance you might like their other ones because they're such different sounds. Um, But please check out Days Are Gone. Let us know what you think in any comments. Tag us on our socials. We have Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook. You can let us know what you think in the YouTube comments. Um, And along with that, please, you know, like or rate or review this podcast. Uh, let us know if there's any other albums you think that we should be listening to because we've been telling you guys what we think you should listen to, but maybe we should take some suggestions from yeah. fans. So um, I need to hear new stuff. I'm very open to suggestions. Yes, Natalia and I, we have open ears. We'll give anything a try. We ask the same in return. So with that, I think that's the end. Yep, I think that wraps it up. All right. See you guys next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye. The Bandwagon Fan Podcast is hosted by Josh Jimenez, Alex Mogosa, and me, AJ Soy. Our show is produced by Kate Smith and edited by your boy, AJ. Our social media is managed by Natalia Kokulia, and our theme song, Lush Waves, is provided to us by Taylor Lewin of Underscore Audio. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.